in Major League Baseball doing businesses, specific, or doing business, I should say, specifically Cubs and White Sox. And uh, one of the Twitter polls that uh, you put up today, Brian, was all about Shohei Otani. New ownership, maybe they're going to trade him. Who would be the likely suitor if there was one here in Chicago, Cubs or Sox? After talking to Jesse about the Sox... Yeah. The way they do business and the guardrails <laughs> that he uh, had mentioned, and no there's just no yeah. way. There's yeah. just no way. No, it's a, it's a moot point at this point. <laughs> it's just like take the socks out of that pole, um, unless unless there's an epiphany, and in the off season, like, hey, here's a once in a generation talent, and by the way, we've we've underachieved for way too long. We we, we have to relevant. change the way we do business, right? Yeah. You know, in in, in the um, Business world, if a company is just kind of going along and making some money, making decent you know, return for their stockholders, but not great, and, mm-hmm. and say the market's going not lately, uh, up, up you know on an average of eight, twelve, thirteen percent, and this company, company X, is making you know five percent, they return to their investors or stockholders. What you have usually you have activist investors like a big hedge fund or something come in. And buy you know billions of dollars worth of of stock, and now either if they're not the majority owner, they own enough of it, like thirty five percent. So they, they demand they push the issue. They want seats on the board. They want yeah. change, right? right? They they want they're going to make noise. And the old guard doesn't like activist investors. They don't want coming in people coming in and saying telling them what to do, right? And wake up and this isn't good enough and. You're not losing. You're not losing money, but you're certainly not making even the average return. So you know it's time to get new blood in here mm-hmm. with baseball ownership and and the way the White Sox are structured. Certainly, again, Jerry's not the majority owner, not by a long shot. Let's say he owns twenty percent. I've seen nineteen percent back in the day when I was covering them. He went from like eight percent to thirteen, fourteen percent, but that's been a couple of decades. So he's been buying up minority shares, but you know there's eighty percent. Of, of the team that's owned by other people. Right. And there, but there's no activist investors there, right? They all, in Jerry, we trust. And why wouldn't you? Uh, they bought the team for $19 million back in 1981 or whatever it was. And the team, Forbes came out with their NFL list this, uh, this week. We'll get to that. But the MLB list came out in March. Mm-hmm. And on average, Forbes, take it for what it's worth, said on average, teams in MLB increased in value the organization value by nine percent on average only two teams didn't make money last year baltimore lost money and the marlins were basically but, uh, baltimore is making it back this year right i mean i mean they, they didn't appreciate value I, that, that, right. that's how i should say baltimore's franchise you know unless they build another camden yards okay. they're not getting a spike but so only two teams out of 30 didn't appreciate in value which says something about major league baseball it's not the nfl by any stretch mm. but the average value of a baseball franchise, according to Forbes, this year in March when they came out, was $2.07 billion. I mean, even the, the dregs of, of MLB, on average, were worth $2 billion. The White Sox showed up as 15th, squarely in the middle of that list. They appreciated in value 4% last year. 
not the 9% on average, only 4%. The Forbes valued them in March at $1.76 billion, well under the average of $2.07 billion on average, right? Mm-hmm. And, and they actually, according to Forbes, had an operating loss of $10 million last year. Now, the Cubs, uh, conversely, they don't have to have Elvis Knight to get 30000 They just open the gates and they show up like we've seen this year, right? Yep. Even, even with a, a glorified minor league roster, but they're playing better and exciting and beautiful days and cold beer and whatever gets 30000 on on average, even when you stink, uh, for the most part. Um, the Cubs are, what, fourth or fifth in Major League Baseball in franchise value. Um, they are fourth at $3.8 billion which makes that $850, $900 million investment for the Ricks family pretty good at this point. They went up 13% last year. A lot of numbers here. Wow. They made $68 million last year. They didn't lose money because they don't, because people show up. So I'm talking to this guy who has uh, some insight on how the ownership of the Sox works, with Jerry being the chairman but only owning, say, 20% of the team. And I said, okay, Elvis and I had to get 33000 But, you know, they're in the 20s, mid-20s most of the time. Not, they, they don't have the, the flock, people flocking and making vacation plans to come to the north side like the Cubs do. I said, if you're an investor and you own, you know, however much you own of the White Sox, don't you want to see 40000 closer to 40000 than 25000 Doesn't it bother you that your franchise is less than the average value of a franchise in Major League Baseball? You're under $2 billion when other teams who are, you know, in much smaller markets, the, the Atlanta Braves and St. Louis, the, the teams Jesse's going to see tomorrow night, they're well above average in, in much smaller markets. And he explained it to me. He said, no, 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 you're looking at it the wrong way. And look, the White Sox don't own the rate, right, they, that the state owns that. Right. And they, in my world, they have a sweetheart deal, lease deal, which they, they've had for a long time. They're other renters. People, yeah, They're renters. And the the deal does subsidize tickets if they don't sell 1.5 million tickets the state picks up i don't know what what the number is but you know your tax dollars buy buy Sox tickets but he said you're looking at it the wrong way anyone who's invested in the white Sox, their payday they don't go year to year and think okay we need to sell more uh wonderful Polish sausages and and you know have you know the food's terrific he said they will make their money when the team is sold okay so, so it's a bank account. He said it's like a long-term bond. Right. Right? Now, we know Jerry's getting up there in age, and uh, you know I don't know if he's going to want to run this thing until he t- draws his last breath, I and mean, he's got um, hopefully many more years to do he's that. He's in his... 80s. Okay. Um, but so that, that, that's, that's one. And so the Nationals are on sale or for sale. Uh, the rumors this week, reports are that Anaheim's next in line. I don't know what Jerry's intent is, but these Sox investors are going to get their money when that team is sold. Mm-hmm. And again, they don't. It's probably part of the reason their value is depressed is because they don't own their own building. And, you know, they that's part of the deal. Right. I mean, there, there's rumors that uh, Stan Kroenke, who owns uh, Los Angeles Rams, um, you know, the Walmart money that he might buy the Anaheim Angels. You know, he's just he'll keep buying up everything in California. Yeah, that makes sense. But. I don't know what the value of the White Sox would actually be if they were put up for sale. You know, it, 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 it's here's your Forbes valuation. But in a major market, if you wanted to change the way you operate it, if you wanted to come in and 
be that activist investor, but now it's your investment and, and you want it to you know, play big boy baseball and give out $100 million contracts and give opt-outs to, to superstars, that value might shoot up a billion dollars right away. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And, and so my point is, and long-winded that it is, there's no, even at the ownership level, there doesn't seem to be a sense of urgency when you look around and say we average 25,000 people or whatever the average is. And, and you know what, Brian, you bring up a great point because here, on the surface, we're fans. We want to see winning baseball. We want to see all the things that any fan wants to see, right? Right. But behind the scenes, when we break it down, you see it's a business. It's yep. about it's about making money. It's about hitting financial expectations. It's about all of these things that really have nothing to do directly with winning. And look, and that's the disappointment that we have as fans for either side of town. And if you were on the ground floor buying the White Sox with Jerry and Eddie Einhorn back in the day when they first bought it at nineteen million dollars, and even at one point seven billion, the Forbes valuation this year. I can't do the math on that. What a hell of a return that is. That's right? insane. It's insane. And so 40 year actually, return. That is absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. And and that I mean that's a hell of a, a long term bond. If yep. you go, you know, say say they sell within five years, just pick a number, right? And it does sell for north of two billion dollars at that point. I mean, and you had you own two percent, three percent, whatever it is. I mean, that's generational wealth. Right. And right? and for all of those board members uh, and uh, owners. Uh, the the idea is that they personally win and their bank accounts win, yet right. we don't see a winner on the field. Right. So and that's it's why the business of trust. it. Yeah. Right. It's the business of it that doesn't necessarily translate to winning on the field. And that will always be the disconnect between yeah. ownership of professional teams and fans that just want to see their favorite team win. And that's how you show yeah, again, we go back to that, and we, we've got to hit break here. We're running late, but that's how you show your appreciation or your disapproval by by not spending money. And, I mean, every, and we, we've done Jerry that Jones. on the south side, right. and, and that's why they're not worth as much as what they are on the north side. Everyone's not Jerry Jones, right? He right. loves to be on the sideline. I mean, he he gives more post game press conferences than than any I mean, no GM or sometimes he's the first guy before the coach talks. I mean that. That he is so tight, and look, you know how big is that palace he built himself down in Dallas Fort Worth, right? Right. Um, but he he wants to win. But by the way, I think his franchise is worth six billion dollars. See, that's yeah. the thing. That's the thing. The mindset has to change. We've got a hit break here, but the yeah. mindset before we hit break, the mindset has to change in that you can spend more money and actually make more money back. You don't have. You could be active in investing in your team and actually build the value than sitting back and just waiting to sell the team. Because in the meantime, that's not goodwill for your fan base. And being yeah, fans, absolutely. we want goodwill with the fan base. 312-332-3776. Here till 11, where uh, Peggy and Dion pick up the... Uh, pick up the uh, uh you know uh the effort here on espn 1000 we've got to talk bears we're, we're all over the place but we will talk bears before we get out of here on espn 1000 we'll be right back all right the bears and browns tonight preseason game number three it was a busy week for the bears some people coming out saying the Bears aren't going to do very well. And then Eddie Jackson, Brian Hanley, I thought I saw on Twitter, said, hey, we're going to surprise some people. So what's well, it going to be? 
Yeah, he he would be on the top of the list of people who need to surprise or you know, Yeah, well, yeah, I, I totally agreed. Yeah. But uh, you know, I it, it's just really interesting. It's really really going to be bad or it's not going to be that bad. And and then I'm seeing other articles saying the media is making too much of this that it's not going to be as bad as people say. However, former OC Mike Martz had something to say. You know, Fields is a guy that is not a uh... He makes a lot of mistakes, not particularly accurate at times. He's not a quick read and react guy, and he's on a horrendous team, talent-wise. Um, but that's, uh, I don't know if I've seen an offense that bad in talent since the 0-16 Detroit Lions. You know, they just don't have anybody there. I think if you put Rodgers down there, Rodgers would be last in this list, too. You know? so, um, man, I tell you, it's, it's a bad football team, you know, the Bears right now. So Wow. That was uh, shocking to hear. But how much does Mike Martz really know currently? I mean, he sees what everybody else sees. But uh, can Justin Fields rise to the occasion? Can he overcome the obstacles? You know, Mike Martz isn't wrong. He went on to say uh, that wasn't in that audio that, you know, he needs a real good team to play for for a couple years to learn how to be a quarterback. I don't disagree with that. But have every successful quarterback had great teams? Or have they been able to, as young players, get past some obstacles, work around them, adapt, and that's how they became who they are? So Mike Marks' comments come a week after Dan Orlovsky basically Mm -hmm. said they have the worst offensive line and worst receiving group in the uh, NFL, right? So now we're starting to get some momentum i mean we know they're not good right um, but owen 16 the worst ever since, since the, 2008 i mean what? since the alliance i mean that worst offensive talent again they're they're down to i think a caller said last week they were down to five five and a half wins losses over under in vegas when they started at six and a half so they're trending the wrong way they're, this team doesn't go winless and i get i mean his his point is that the offense could be the worst in all of the national football league that takes in a lot of you know territory. Um, I, I, I'm saluting uh, Matt Eberflus for playing his starters up to a full half tonight. You know, in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. You know, and usually, no matter what your your prospects for the season are, coaches don't. It's a you know, coaches keep anyone worth of any value or any talent on the sidelines because they don't want to get get them hurt before the regular season, right? In the last preseason game, you're going to see everyone out there for at least a half and. I get part of that's the quirk of the preseason schedule where you had the quick turnaround from the, the Kansas City game to Seattle on, on a Thursday night, and now you've had an extended time till you play again and wrap it up. But you, you, you need to play these guys. You need to see what you have in Justin Fields. We talked about last week, Mark. You can't just say you can't evaluate Justin Fields this year because there's crap around him. I mean, that that's not good enough. No, no, that certainly is not going to work. You're going to have to, you know, Eberflus, Luke Getze, Ryan Poles, the entire staff, the front office, they're all going to have their eyes on on evaluating the quarterback to see if he's got any of the earmarks or a lot of the earmarks of a franchise quarterback because they didn't draft him. Right. Um, I'm not saying that this is a one-and-done year and they'll come to some conclusion, grand conclusion at the end of the season. That's not going to happen. But they're not just going to throw their hands up and say, oh, Mike Martz said we're terrible, and, and <laughs> right. Dan Orlovsky said that we got the worst. Yeah, basically offense. people are saying that uh, this team is going to ruin the potential of Justin right. Fields. Right, and, and, and you know, 
I, I get it. They're, they're not going to lift them up. The offensive line isn't going to surprise everyone and, and become this, you know, the talk of the league midway through the season. And the wide receiver group is a bunch of, you know, guys on second or third chances and, and guys who've just been drafted. And, you know, it, they, I get it. I mean, there's no Devontae Adams there. But, but there is a way for him to develop. And again, and again, we're discounting the possibility that he learns and he really adjusts to these challenges, his individual challenges, which people have mentioned, and, and the team challenges. And he actually does something far and beyond what a Mike Martz or, 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 Lofsky, or even, uh, Justin Palmer jumped in on this too. Yeah. This week, a former Bears quarterback that I barely remember. So I guess well, everybody's an about expert. Forty of them. So don't, you're right. Don't, everybody's don't an expert. About it. Yeah, right. I mean, um, look, I just Mike Martz. I know he's trying to make a point, but I'll take my I'll take that bet that Aaron Rodgers was down here behind this line. They they, they he'd he'd elevate the group no matter right. They wouldn't have the worst receiving core, the worst offensive line if Aaron Rodgers was calling the plays behind it under center. So. Um, yeah, I disagree with Mike Martz on that. Yeah, we've got Bear Fan Bob always likes to uh, jump in here on ESPN 1000. Hey, Bear Fan Bob, talking Bears, perfect guy to call in. Good morning. Yeah, I just caught you just right here. So, as I said before, and I'm going to say this again, mm-hmm. and I think Coach Eberflus has done a really good job about this. Me hanging around all of my football buddies, there's no I in team. I think Coach Eberflus has gotten rid of a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And when you have an actual team going out there, not a bunch of freaking celebrities or, uh, you know, stars, yada, 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 we all know what that is, just people who want to play football, this is going to go pretty far. Do I think they're going to win a lot of games? Gee, I don't know, but I know they're going to be competitive and be in it in every game. So you Which disagree with be- Martz? You disagree with Martz? Well, I understand Mike Martz is a mad scientist, and I understand Mike Martz won a Super Bowl ring, what, 15 years ago? But that was 15 years ago, not today. Mm. And last time I checked, he hasn't coached a team in a very long time. You know, we'll give him his cred for what he's done, but that's not today. You know, and he's not in that locker room today. All right, so it's irrelevant, mostly. Exactly right. I think he's probably talking to make himself some money and get back in the media or doing something like that. Just a guess, but that's it's a solid me. tactic. Yeah, yeah, and it usually works most of the time. But uh, you know, guys like me don't buy it. I think what I'd like to see tonight is you know most of the offensive line playing probably the whole game instead of half the game. I'd like to see a David Montgomery sighting for a change. I haven't seen him at all in preseason. You know, and get some more cohesiveness with this team so that way you know we can see it come together. And I think, like I said, it's going to be better. And I might you guys are on tomorrow, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, I might even call in. I'll be fishing tomorrow. It'll be fun. All right, good. What will you be fishing for? Whatever bites? Uh, uh, actually, perch. We got 21 perch out of the lake the other day. Mm. Ah, those are tasty. good eating. Yeah. yeah. Oh, these yeah. Things they're, up. they're tasty and delicious. Make no how mistake do you prepare about the, it. How do you prepare the perch, uh, Bob? I have an old recipe that I got from my grandparents down in Georgia. And I don't know, I'll give it to you if you want. Yeah, sure. Uh, Okay, you take eggs and you whip them. Mm -hmm. The trick is is you put some vanilla in the eggs. Okay. Then you take the fish after it's been filleted and you soak it in there a little bit. You know, a few minutes, you know, just get get some of the egg on there. 
Then you take, uh, what is it, breadcrumbs and flour, and you mix it. And then you take the fish, and then you pat it in the breadcrumbs and flour. Then you fry them in butter. Ooh. It's almost <laughs> like eating sweet crepes. Tasty and delicious. And very unnutritious. Yeah, but, but that's okay. Love it. That's okay. Yeah, but you got that little French toast thing going because you <laughs> right. have the vanilla in the eggs. Oh, uh-huh. no. That crepes. is French. Crepes. Crepes. Oh. They're wonderful. And you might try that with bluegills, too. Works every time. All right. Thank you, All Bob. Right. We appreciate it. We'll hear from you tomorrow. Guys, Mike, talk at you tomorrow. Have a good Thanks, day. Bob. Bye-bye. Yeah. You, too. You know what, Bob? You know, he's not flustered by March. Irrelevant, I think he uh, said that that comment was. Yeah, I mean, come on. It's like Jordan Palmer. Uh, You know, okay, how relevant is that? Everybody wants to chime in. Everybody wants to, you know, have uh, themselves be heard. You had Orlovsky, a bigger voice, obviously, now, and uh, Louis Riddick. But we'll see what happens. Um, uh, Look forward to seeing them play the Browns. Tonight, uh, again, it's preseason, and having the O-line play more than they have, I think that's important. I think uh, Eberflus is on to something because the idea of getting the team ready means you have to actually get them some game time, even though it's preseason. Are you, are you buying that Tevin Jenkins is really legitimately playing for a starting right guard position, or do you think this is trying to just showcase and get, get whatever you can get for him? Uh, I, 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 yeah, it's a little bit of both. I, yeah. I, look, if they're showcasing them, but he really, really shows the up, yeah. then all of a sudden it's like, well, what are we doing here? We yeah. can actually use him. So I think yep. it's a little bit of both. Here's hoping, right? Yeah. 312-332-3776. If you want to jump on, we're here till 11. Peggy and Dion, follow us here on ESPN 1000. Jump in. We want to talk to you about uh, baseball. Frustrations on the south side, promise on the north side. What are the Bears going to look like tonight, and what is their hope? Are you buying what Mike Martz is saying? 312-332-3776. Back after this. In the air, right field. Unloads. That one back. And gone! A two-run homer for Ian Happ. First hit of the night for the Cubs, and it gives him the lead. To lead off the 10th, and it is 4-2. Oh, how about that? What a night for Ian Happ. My goodness. That is just the second home run that Williams has allowed this year in 47 innings of work. All right, Brian Henley, if Ian Happ was on the south side, maybe one of the first things he would hear from Coach Medichino be like, I don't want to see home runs. Don't worry about the home runs. Hit 300. <laughs> then we'll talk. Uh, and then when you don't hit 300, there's no talk about hitting a home run. Yeah, uh, help. Uh, no, he, you know, whatever you think, he could have helped this White Sox team. Uh, and he's still doing pretty well for the, the Cubs. Uh, yes, he could have. And we'll, we'll never know why. It, it hey, seemed uh, a little obvious. You were the first one to bring it up that I heard. Uh, maybe somebody else did. But, I mean, well, I mean it made a lot of sense. He's got power from both sides. His defense is appreciably better. He might still lead in outfield putouts. Um, I mean, that's how good he is. He's been and how much he's changed. Well, I can but, only uh, assume the price tag was too high for Han. What, what's too? Well, I mean, are I don't you trying know. to win something or not? What's too high? I, I mean, if you're not going to get Juan Soto, Rick, I mean, could you? 
Could you recon? No, can you could go they have wanted a boy? I, I no, I mean they don't want no no. But I'm just saying, it, it, whatever. I, I I can't believe. I mean, apparently since he wasn't moved, the Cubs were asking a lot. But the the team that was obvious to me because we're watching all the time is the White Sox mm-hmm. needed a guy just like him, right? right. If you're not going to go top shelf, uh, shopping in the Ian Happ aisle is not a bad idea in my world. But did you see the you know the the schedule came out for next year in Major League Baseball? It is driving me nuts that they're making such a big deal out of next year's schedule while we're watching these bad White Sox on well, NBC like, Sports Chicago. It's probably That's not just a good me thing. personally. It's probably not a good thing you're not going to play as many um, division games as, as you, you know. I, I'm still trying to figure out if I like that or not. I like I the idea know. that we're going to play everybody, but then again, you know, some of the games are not going to be as meaningful. I don't know. I don't so know, you're going you're to play everybody at some point, either home or away, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yep. that, that's the biggest change. It's it's, it's everyone gets a, a chance to see Shohei whether the the Cubs go to Anaheim or the Sox go to Anaheim or they come here. Um, the the if I was going out to Wrigley next year, and that's to be determined because I'm not going this year. I'm on my little boycott that no one pays attention to. Um, the Cubs getting the Rangers, the, the Mariners, okay, whatever. That's you know better. The Rays, fine. I mean the Orioles, Cleveland, the Red Sox, and Royals. That 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 doesn't. I mean, going out to Oakland doesn't really excite me. Um, right. Hey, playing the Orioles, I like watching the Orioles play. Right, but I can I can watch them when they play the White Sox. Um, that's true. I mean the Yankees, the Cubs going to Yankee Stadium. These Cubs, whatever that looks like, unless they're going to really shake things up in the off season and, and you know make a big splash. Well, I think we could agree that this is built. Uh, this concept is trying to forward the idea that everybody's going to see the stars of the league. Yes, Mike Trout. You know, people on these coasts can actually see Mike right. Trout because they're not sleeping at the time. And right? hopefully I mean, that spreads the you know that kind of draws in the younger demo to see all right. these. All these players and, and, you know, the Diamondbacks had not been to guaranteed rates since 2014. I hadn't missed them. Last night? And I, yeah. I hadn't either, but the yeah. concept, but that's the way it was happening before. Right. Now they're going right. to spread it out. It's going to be interesting. By the way, while we're talking about the Cubs, something I meant to bring up with uh, Jesse. Were you okay with them making such a big damn deal about Pujols and um, uh, Molina? At Wrigley Field, saying goodbye to them, you know, a couple of guys that have beaten on the Cubs my for old a good producer, long time. My old producer, God bless him, mean, he, he's still at it. And, I mean, he would have, he'd rather someone stick a, a pencil in, a, in, your, in his eye than have anyone salute and, and celebrate your rival team. <laughs> right. I mean, and that, that's how old school Dustin Rhodes is. He's just like, So no. how about you? Where do you weigh in? I, you know... I, I've I've really maybe I've gone soft, but I'm certainly I used to be that guy. I used to be Dustin. You know, you know how dare you? The, you know, if I saw people walking around Cardinals gear, I'd probably say something to them up a, a you know Robin Wrigley. Um, but I've mellowed, and I mean, you can appreciate. I get the spirit of it, but it's yeah. just still weird. Yeah, I mean, you know, are you going to celebrate Aaron Rodgers down in Arlington Heights when he's you know he's hanging it up if he's still There's playing? There's no way I want to see that. See, that's what I'm saying. I mean, those are rival teams who've. By the way, it kept you down more often than not, right? right and and right. It, it's only rivalry uh, if you're the Bears when you're actually relevant, and they haven't been relevant near nearly damn enough to, you know, it's a rivalry and talk only, right? I think the Vikings and, and Packers are more of a rivalry 
and not that the Vikings are even close to being the Packers, but the Bears have been so awful for so long and underachieved for so long, and, and the record has been so lopsided against the Packers. Every time, you know, all the, you know, here comes black and white highlights of George Hallis and Vince Lombardi, right? That's what they celebrate when the Bears and Packers play on national TV. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you know, and you brought up Aaron Rodgers, and that is a perfect comparison. But I was going to jump to 90s hockey when I had season tickets. Mm-hmm. It would be like celebrating Sergei Fedorov Ooh. and, um, and um, oh, oh, what's the guy that just killed us from Detroit that's uh, the Tampa Bay GM, or he was? Oh, why am I blanking out? Probably um, the Detroit player uh, with Fedorov, that era. Oh, and uh, who's who's not the he's not the GM currently in Tampa. No, 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 no. I'm totally blanking out. I can't believe I'm blanking out. I mean, name any of those guys. Yeah, well, that's my point. Dominic Hasek used to be the Blackhawks goalie. I mean, remember what Steve Eiserman? Yeah, Eiserman. Jeez, I couldn't get to get to that name. Yeah, Stevie Eiserman. Any any of those guys celebrate, you know, they come to. you know, they come to the stadium, uh, or it would have been uh, United yeah. Center by then. They retire, and we're sending them off with a celebration. Here's your there video is no package. way. Yeah, right. There Here's is no way. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it doesn't. It, I, I saw that, and again, you know, I'm not a Cubs fan first, so I saw that, and I thought, you know what, I get the spirit of it, but it's just weird. This is happy, happening in Wrigley Field. Who? Okay, so who within the division... Is there anyone like that? I mean, there's no one in the division that comes to mind who's been around that long tormenting the White Sox, right? No, no, no. I Look, as a White Sox fan, the fan base generally does not like Minnesota. Right. We don't like Kansas City because they suck, but they still give us some kind of fits. Right, but, but, there, but, there's but no, no, there's no nothing superstar. like, there's not a uh, comparison. There's no Hall of Fame guy who's been tormenting you for you know, no, two decades. No, 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 no. There's not an individual, no. No. Right. Uh-uh. So I mean, I, it's tough to say what what they would do. I mean, I, I think as a as a fan base, the Sox fans would not be standing and celebrating and you know lauding the, uh, a, a uh, AL version. Now, Tory Hunter version. wasn't a big star, but because he slighted us, we hated him, and that would be like if he were a big star and we celebrated him. Kirby yeah, that Puckett? would be no good. I mean, what, say, you know, I'm trying, did they, how did they send? Yeah, but Kirby was a, a Chicago guy. Right. But so I mean, we but, never hated him. Okay. We but never I mean, hated I him. I don't remember, they didn't have any kind of ceremony for him when he was hanging up, right? No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And yeah. there's a guy that I wish would have played on the south side. All right, we're up against break. Probably, probably wanted an opt-out or $100 million. Yeah, and he would have deserved it. Well, not with the White Sox. Either. No. No. We, we don't do that. Things we, Things the White Sox won't do. No $100 million contracts, no opt-outs. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for the call. Yeah, you know what? You really, uh, you really shed some light on, on the structure of the organization and the idea that nobody's really an active shareholder. And everybody's just like, Jerry, you do your thing. We believe in Jerry. All hail Jerry. We see the returns and wait, wait till we we're get that big check. We just can't wait to sell. Just yeah, can't right. wait to sell. Don't worry. Yeah, we'll we'll tell the fans we're about uh, winning, but you know, you know, we're about making money first, and this is the best way to make and money. You, we don't and have and to. You get, and you get better seats too, right? As uh, you know, as, as an owner, <laughs> you're not fighting for seats. Hey, when I had the one share of the Cubs stock back in the day, yeah. in, in the late seventies, I wrote to Frank. I think Frank Maloney was the uh, or Mahoney Frank. The ticket guy, longtime ticket uh, uh, director at the Wrigley Field, and I uh-huh. went. And I said, "I'm a shareholder. You know, could you upgrade my seats? I got fifth row behind the Cubs batting circle." Look at you! 
One it share. Was a, and it was, it was a partial season ticket plan my brothers and I had. I mean, it was like 25 games or whatever. No one wanted the tickets at the time. I well, mean, and uh, that is why you got that. Right. Yeah. They, sweet. You know what those tickets would be worth today? Man, oh, man. We've got a couple of calls to uh, get to before we get out of here. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. A couple of Twitter polls at ESPN one thousand to wrap. We'll do all of that when we come back. Peggy and Dion are coming up at eleven here on ESPN one thousand. <laughs> We're just about to wrap things up here. Following us, Peggy and Dion, brought to you by Sinus and Snoring MD and Philco Windows Sidings and Doors. All right, so uh, we've had some action on the Twitter feed today. BMG Train 77, Brian said, how about Joe Maurer for a comparison to the, in the White Sox division to Yachty or um, Pujols for the Cubs? Yeah, maybe. Certainly I wouldn't see them throwing a party for Maurer. Did we not did, did we not have Maurer at the end of his career or was it Justin Morneau? I have to look that up. Uh I don't know. We had we had we had one of them. Those were the two guys. Yeah. And one of them, I think it was Morneau, we had for yeah. like a cup of coffee. You know how the White Sox would invite the people and they're as their way out to the retirement parking lot, they say, Hey, how about five more minutes with us? Oh, that was the Blackhawks, right? Oh, Blackhawks, I mean, famous Orr, for that, too. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but the White Sox, think about it. Ken Griffey Jr., Paul which was Coffey. great to see him in that uniform. But also, uh, you know, John Cruck. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there were a lot of them. But I think more. it, it was more no. It was more no. Yeah, not, yeah. not Maurer. I wish I think, it was yeah. Maurer. I think Maurer was a twin for life. That was Yeah, like yeah, that was the thing. But I don't yeah. think I, that's about as close a comparison on the south side you can get, but uh, definitely would not be throwing a party for him. All right, we've got Joe and Tinley wants to jump on, taking it back to Bears talk as the Bears take on the Browns tonight, preseason game number three. Hey, Joe, you're on with Xander and Hanley. Hey, guys, how are you doing? Hope good. you have a good day. Uh, I want to talk about Mike Martz's comments. Yep. And, like, I take it with a grain of salt when you give up Greg Olson for Manuana Mananumu, whatever the tight end's name he wanted as a blocking tight end. <laughs> yeah, I, and, I, called, I used to call him uh, Manamana Useless. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, he was. I know it's not the greatest show on turf, but we have at least fields with promising. He had Orlowski and Culpepper. He, boom, it was uh, Calvin Johnson's first year. One year under, as year after his rookie year, I don't know any of their offensive linemen. Their running back was uh, Kevin Smith. I think we have better running back. I think our secondary is going to be pretty good if they stay healthy. And like the whole Greg Olson thing, you couldn't use him in your offense to make Crazy. it better. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. no, no, no. I, I don't disagree. Thanks, Joe, for the call. I forgot about the Olson thing. Yeah, right. Like. Like, uh, clearly a, a situation like I felt we had with Nagy, where it was like Nagy was immovable. Like, you've got to fit into what I'm doing, which I kind of get. But when you have a player that can really benefit from a different approach, you know, where, where do you meet in the middle? Yeah. I mean, you, you, you tailor, you, you can have a structure and a belief in a certain system, but the really good coaches find a way to, you know, work around the talent they have and if that guy's a real talent you figure out a way to to maximize his opportunity and possibilities bring out the best in every player no matter what sport it is if you're a coach that's why coaches matter now mike martz uh beer fan bob brought up the point that martz was probably trying to make a name from himself get himself back into the news cycle the hot take whatever it was just like (sighs) 
You know what? Look, uh, I don't think it's going to be somewhere in the middle. Eddie Jackson say we're going to surprise a lot of people. Are you? Uh, okay. uh, hopefully. Uh, sounds um, good. Are, are, is it going to be like uh, Detroit Lions bad? No, come on. Somewhere in that vast middle. Yeah, right? and yeah. it's a vast middle. And yeah. as long as we see Justin Fields make improvements, and again, you know what, uh, uh, you know, may the force be with you, Justin, if you can get around all these challenges and get the and, and show us your best, and it's better than we thought that we had. Here's what I want to see tonight. Uh, I want to see an opening possession touchdown drive for your Chicago Bears against a not very good Cleveland team. You mean right off off the bat? Let's just get there. They haven't had one in a preseason game on the opening possession since 2000, and the data before 2000, according to Brad Biggs, is not available. Wait, not 2000-something, just 2000. 2000. Okay. It's been 22 years. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. all those preseason games times 22 – what three times twenty-two or four, whatever it was back uh, back in the day? It, no touchdown drives. And it's they way too many. For, is they settled for a field goal last time, right yep. against Seattle. Mm-hmm. So, and by the way, speaking of Cleveland, you see Deshaun Watson. Uh, what's going? The 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 executive for the NFL in charge of uh, discipline and all this stuff. A, a woman came out and said that he's basically. Part of the part of the suspension and all that, you had to go through a, a treatment program, right? Mm-hmm. And adhere to it being analyzed and evaluated, and then work at being a better person. And she's already saying that he's basically a con man, and he's not. You don't believe he did anything wrong. So how's he really going to get better? She's not wrong. Part? She's not wrong. If he's denying and he's going to go to a program, it's just going to be a waste of everybody's time. But they have to sign off on it for that thing to be only 11 games. So if he isn't actively changing and yeah. doesn't want to change and doesn't believe there's anything Hey, I'm just glad that he's not our problem. Absolutely. Hey, and, and today's college football opening, right? Are yes, you it be is. Watching, uh, when you listen to uh, Peggy and Dion, we'll be monitoring Austin P in Western Kentucky? Not yeah? me. Okay. No. Now, let's hit those Twitter polls. We've got uh, a little bit of time. Charlie, what does the uh, Twitter poll look like as far as Shohei Otani going to the north side or the south side? If they were to trade him, the Cubs are at seventy five percent, and the White Sox Oops. are at twenty four point six percent. So, and things the White like, Sox don't do, man. Yeah, looking more likely for the Cubs. At least that's what the fans seem to think. Okay, and the other Twitter poll: the White Sox are sixty three and sixty three. They will finish this season above five hundred, below five hundred, at five hundred, and fourth choice. Who cares? Who cares? Forty two point one percent. See, I knew cares? it. I knew it. See, they don't let you down. Do they? No, no, they don't. No, they don't. Yeah, look, yeah. you got you got to show it. If you ain't yeah. going to show it, we don't care. Yeah, the next highest cares? is is below five hundred at twenty one point seven percent. And that's the actual rec- the expected record given run differential. They're nine games under right now. If you follow that, so. All right, yeah, so tonight we're busy. Uh, we've got baseball games, uh, first pitch at 6-10 for both uh, the Cubs and Sox, and then the Bears are playing at 6. So we're going to be using our remote pretty heavily tonight. Brian, always a pleasure. We'll see you again tomorrow here on ESPN 1000. We'll be here at 10 a.m. And, uh, Charlie, thank you for uh, running the show. We've got Peggy and Dion next. Sox pregame with Tyler Aki at 5.30. Connor and DJ on the call, first pitch at 6-10 here on ESPN 1000. Chicago, have a great day.